So remember when Wes Miller took over the men's basketball program? That's kind of the situation Scott Satterfield is in as he takes over the Bearcats football program. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow it too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So I was thinking about this this week. And as more and more players enter the transfer portal for Cincinnati, the situation Scott Satterfield is inheriting might be more of a rebuild than we thought it was going to be. Because the Bearcats right now, the football program right now, I can't say it's not in a rebuild. Remember when Wes Miller took over the men's basketball program and there were only four scholarship players on the roster. Now, the day he was introduced, Mike Saunders announced he was coming back. Eventually, Mason Madsen announced he was coming back. And Wes Miller was able to assemble a roster that ended up being competitive. But the roster he assembled his first season, let's be honest, was cobbled together. Now, obviously, assembling a football roster and a basketball roster are two very different things. But the situation Scott Satterfield is inheriting is similar because he's coming in to a program that, let's be honest, Players are entering the transfer portal left and right. The wide receiver room is essentially bare. The offensive line is going to be in need of a rebuild. There is talent still on this team, but there are still a lot of questions. Now, Wes Miller inherited a program that was in much more dire straits. But Scott Satterfield's entering a situation where the Bearcats are, I'm going to be honest, are entering a rebuild. And... As I'm going to mention, talk about in segment two, I think you now have to tamper your expectations for year one heading into the Big 12. I, I sit here today, and I, I'm optimistic about the Bearcats' future. I want Scott Satterfield to work out. But the number of players entering the transfer portal and the positions that are in need of rebuilding, it, it is raising some concerns for me. So... I do think that you really don't know who the players are going to be on next year's team. Think of the star players from last year's team, the Pace brothers. We haven't heard anything from their camp yet, their camps yet. Tyler Scott, we haven't uh, he we know he's going to the NFL draft. Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor, they're off to the NFL they're off to Wiley declared for the NFL draft. Leonard Taylor's not coming back. I mean, they should have been used way more last year than they were, but they're not coming back. Three of those players, or the players I just mentioned, they're not coming back. Or the Pace Brothers, we don't know yet, but three of them are not. The Pace Brothers, or I'm sorry, Tyler Scott and Josh Wiley, Leonard Taylor. We don't even know who the quarterback is. When Wes Miller took over the men's basketball program, we didn't know outside of David DeJulius and Jeremiah Davenport. We didn't know who was going to be on the team. 
that team was cobbled together. I don't know if that's going to be the case here with Scott Satterfield and the football program, but at the same time, there is good news. Jawan Briggs is coming back. Corey Kiner is coming back. There are several positions that are in need for this team to be competitive. And I get it. This is what happens when you have a coaching change. I really do. I get it. This is what happens when there's a new head coach, a new system. Let's be honest. We are entering in a new era of Bearcats football. I don't know what it's going to be like. I think a lot of you are not overly optimistic. You think it's going to be just kind of eh. And maybe that is how it's going to be. But understand that this might be a rebuild. And I think it is more so than we think. Because positions that we have been used to being strengths for the last two years need to be rebuilt. And it's going to be very interesting to see how Scott Satterfield does that. It's going to be very interesting come fall camp. It's going to be very interesting to see who is leading position battles. It's going to be very interesting to see who is going to emerge as, you know, maybe Shaman Mateer is going to emerge. You know, maybe guys like Drew Don there, Ashton Kohler, and then offensive linemen. You know, there, there are a lot of options. But players entering the portal and wondering what your identity is going to be as a team, those are common things, I think, when you have a coaching change and you're wondering which key players you're going to have. Ben Bryant's coming back. I think that's a plus. And when Wes Miller took over the program, again, th- th- these are very similar situations. Mike Saunders Jr. and Mason Madsen were in the portal. The roster was still very depleted when they came back, and half the roster needed to be assembled. Now, the Bearcats men's basketball program was, I, I-, I don't want to say it was in tatters. I know a lot of you overreact maybe to what John Brandon, what you claim he did to the program. I just think that there was, you know, that team was not very talented. And it turns out John Brandon was not a great hire. Wes Miller, I think, has done a good job of restoring the program to competitiveness. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in conference play. I think Scott Satterfield, what he needs to do is just keep the program afloat. Rebuild the two position groups I just mentioned. Get the quarterback right. Climb back up the recruiting rankings. Understand that Cincinnati is now a Power 5 program. But that doesn't mean they're established just yet. A lot of you may think that the Bearcats should be held in the same regard as Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. And I don't think that's true just yet. Cincinnati, yes, had a great run the last five years. I, I am fully aware of that. And it is great what they did. But I also understand that Ohio State has been an elite blue blood program for decades. Same with Alabama, same with Georgia. Cincinnati had a five-year run. And I'm not going to dismiss what they did. But they are not in the same class as the Blue Bloods yet. Could they be someday? Yeah. But right now, if your expectations are to be where those, where those blue blood, where the Blue Bloods are, I think you're going to let yourself down. They're going to let you down when they don't, when they aren't that potentially this year. You think they should be established. They're not yet though. We're entering in a new era of Bearcats football. They were established when they were in the group of five. 
But now they're in the Power Five, and they got to earn their stripes. Now, you can wish Luke Fickle was still here. At the end of the day, though, the Bearcats have what they have. Scott Satterfield knows this program. It's not like this is a complete stranger walking in to be the head coach of a program who was just two years removed from the college football or a year removed from the college football playoff. This is a program that is in um, a good position right now because they can still recruit. They've got Kerry Combs and Walter Stewart. They've got enough options at quarterback to have a quarterback battle in the offseason that could have either an experienced guy emerge as the starter or have someone like Brady Drogosh or Evan Prater, and they can develop heading into the Big 12. This team may take a step back next year. But if there are developmental pieces in play, this team is going to be this team is going to be pretty good. Maybe not year one of the Big 12, but certainly year two, year three. This is not a huge rebuild, but it is a rebuild in a way. And I know it's 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 a hard pill to swallow because it's a hard pill to swallow because of what this program has done. And you thought they were set going into the Big 12 with Luke Fickle, Evan Prater, and that's not the case. But that doesn't mean this program can't get back to where it was, and I believe it will. Speaking of which, well, I want to revisit something I talked about earlier this month, what your expectations should be for the Bearcats year one heading into the Big 12. I will explain after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports, betting info, stats, news, and analysis get all of the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball the world cup we've got it all at betonline.net if you love sports podcasts you can even find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info in fact if you go to betonline right now you can bet on tonight's bowl games. You can bet on tonight's bowl games. Go with, with betonline.net. Head to the website. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Go to betonline.net right now and bet on tonight's bowl game, which is the military, or today's bowl game, rather, the military bowl between Central Florida and Duke. You can bet on the Liberty Bowl between Kansas, Big 12 opponent for the Bearcats, and Arkansas. Bearcats played them last year. You can also bet on the Holiday Bowl between North Carolina and Oregon and another Big 12 team in the Texas Bowl, 9 o'clock, Texas Tech against Ole Miss. You can bet on those all at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Lockdown Sports today right after this. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports today is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on Lockdown Bearcats, Alex Frank with you. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So, expectations for you. If you are someone, I touched on this in segment one, if you are someone who thinks the Bearcats are in the same class as Ohio State, 
Alabama, Georgia, maybe USC, Oklahoma. I'm here to tell you that they're not there yet. So your expectations, given that this program is going to have to do some rebuilding to key positions, and the fact that we don't know who the quarterback is going to be, and whoever is the quarterback, I'm not really sure what we're going to get from them. Ben Bryant's good. Emory Jones possesses dual threat abilities. But how good are they going to be playing at a Power 5 level? Emory Jones has played at the Power 5 level, and that's great. But this is, you know, the Power 5. This is the Big 12. This is the real deal. The Bearcats are going into a conference with a team that is going to the playoff this year in TCU. Another team is going to a New Year's Six Bowl in Kansas State. This is a really good conference. A conference where every team, was, I mean, even Iowa State, who finished 4-8, and eight, they were competitive. West Virginia finished 5-7. and seven. They were competitive. So you're going to face some competition. Your expectations should be, and I know I said this earlier this month, that they should be 8-4. and four. I think we need to tamper those given the rebuild. I would say you, your expectations should be, and Scott Satterfield alluded to this in this introductory press conference, the Bearcats should just make a bowl game. And I know that's hard for you to hear. You should, you're probably saying to me, well, Frankie, come on. I mean, a bowl game should be a given around the Bearcats. And, you know, I, I do... I understand where you're coming from, but I will also say this to you. And Lance McAllister touched on this on the roundtable show uh, back in October. Lance McAllister talked about how the Bearcats clinched a bowl game and no one really reacted to it. And that struck a chord with me because we've become so accustomed to bigger and better things than just making a bowl game. But here's the reality. It's hard to have success in football. Look at the NFL, for instance. Look at the Bengals. They clinched the playoff berth last week. And I, for one, was ecstatic. And I think a lot of people were, too, based on what I was seeing on Twitter and Instagram. I I feel like a lot of people were happy about that. Even though they went to the Super Bowl last year, and even though the expectations for this franchise are astronomically greater than they've ever been. But it's hard to make the playoffs. Like, I think sometimes we're blinded by what the Patriots did for 18 years. It's so hard to have success in the NFL. The Bengals made the playoffs, are on a seven-game winning streak. They've won more games this year than last year, and that's with an 0-2 star and all the injuries they've dealt with. And they've won 11 of the last 13 games. I'm ecstatic about where this team is going. Now, I know some of you are like, well, let's see what they do in the playoffs. Why are you like that? Like, they broke the curse last year. They took you to the Super Bowl. The Bearcats last year took you to the college football playoff. Can you appreciate that they did that? I do. Can you appreciate that the team last year that was, let's be honest, not as good as we thought, still fought their tails off to get to 9-3 and and have a chance to play for a third straight conference championship? I feel like sometimes... Because of what the Bearcats did, and it's totally fine what they did. It's great what they did. But at the same time, the Cincinnati Bearcats have been to a bowl game in five straight years. And you're going to the Big 12. I'm going to be honest. It's not going to be easy. Here's how you get to a bowl game, though. You go 2-1 and one in conference play. Pitt's going to be a tough game on the road. Rivalry game. First game against a Power 5 opponent that's a Power 5 team. That's going to be a tough game. But if you beat the teams who came with you to the Big 12, excuse me, there's three wins, UCF, Houston, BYU. 
All you need to do is win one of your last six games and you're bowl eligible. Iowa State, West Virginia, Baylor, those teams are beatable if you're Cincinnati. You might say Oklahoma. I would, you know, every game is winnable. But realistically, just making a bowl game should be enough for you. And if it isn't, then your standards are too high and they're just going to let you down. Because let's because again, the reality is this. Luke Fickle is not walking back through the door. And that's unfortunate. A lot of you probably are still upset about it. And that's fine. But you got to give Scott Satterfield a chance. I don't know. And, and I've had this conversation many times. I've had this conversation many times with my uncle. He, he and I talk about this all the time. Was Luke Fickle a good head coach? Or was he just a good recruiter? Now, that's an interesting question. I think he was a good head coach. I mean, he won 50-plus games over the last five years. He's the all-time winningest head coach in Bearcats football history. But I also said this to you. I said this past year was going to be Luke Fickle was going to have to put his stamp on the program, and his coaching was going to matter this year more than ever because the talent was not nearly as good in, as previous years. And you know what? It turns out there were some in-game decisions that were made in crucial games there were mistakes that were made. There were penalties that were made. And who does that all fall back on? The head coach. I'm not saying what Luke Fickle did is bad at all. He's the greatest head coach in Bearcats football history for a reason. But his coaching style, I keep saying it, I don't think was going to win in the Big 12. So it was time for a change. If you're upset still about the hire, and some of you are still skeptical, and that's fine. You're going, there's going to be skepticism right up until the start of the season. Until the Bearcats take the field against Oklahoma at noon, 3.30, or 7.30 on ABC with the whole nation watching, you're going to be like, okay, this is good, but let's see Scott Satterfield in a big game. Your expectations, given what has happened over the last month, was today one month since Luke Fickle, uh, yesterday. Yesterday was one month when Luke Fickle took the job at Wisconsin. So we're one month into this new era of Bearcats football. If you're going to hold this team in this era of Bearcats football to the same expectations as what the previous era did, that's understandable, but that's not good. Because at the same, because this is different. Give this head coach time. And if you're out already because of the recruiting rankings, you shouldn't be out. You can be frustrated with where the program is at, given where they've been. I am too. But I also understand that Scott Satterfield is coached at the Power 5 level. And, I, and, and look, a lot of you are like, well, if you're not Georgia or Alabama, who are you? Here's the thing about college football. And Luke Fickle said this, and I'm going to bring something he said. Luke Fickle said college football is 5% the best teams, 5% the worst teams, 90% the middle. The college football this year is Georgia, Michigan, and TCU and Ohio State are, you know, they're right there. Maybe one of those two teams pulls an upset on Saturday. But what I'm saying to you is, it is hard to have success in college football. Celebrate the 10-win seasons. Celebrate Scott Satterfield turning around a Louisville program that was in dire straits when he got there in 2019. Celebrate Scott Satterfield taking Appalachian State from the FCS to the FBS. 
This guy has done a lot throughout his career. He's a former quarterback. He has elevated programs. He has turned around programs. Now his next challenge is to keep this program afloat while in a rebuild that might be more than what you thought. Your expectations should be that this program makes a bowl game because this program is not where they were in 2016. In fact, it's the exact opposite. They're in a great position because of what they've done the last five years. And the fact that the program now is a program where you can come as a player and be developed and not only be a great college football player, but have the chance to go compete at the next level. If there's any, that is a huge part of Luke Fickle's legacy. And just because he left, and just because of reports that came out that said how he left, does not mean I'm not going to ever talk about him again. Because he, what he did for this program means a lot to me, my family. It means a lot to you, Bearcat fans. What he did for the program is incredible. And he has given Scott Satterfield the keys to a very nice car. Go into the Power Five. A fan base that is as engaged as ever with the football program. The fan base wasn't engaged when Luke Fickle got here. The fan base is engaged now because of what Luke Fickle did. In a city where baseball historically has been king, men's basketball has been king in Clifton, the Bearcats are now a hot commodity. The Bearcats, I believe, made Cincinnati a football town. Now, some of you might say that it's still a basketball school. I want to revisit that topic because I know I've talked about this. I'm going to revisit that coming up after a word from two of our sponsors. The Bearcats, are they a football or basketball school? I think that's subject to one's own opinion. I've I've said all season that it was now a football school. But this is a city in Cincinnati. And having gone to school in Cincinnati, having been a fan of Cincinnati sports, and still am, of course, this city treasures its history. But sometimes it lives in it. Sometimes this city lives in its past when it's with its sports teams. The Bengals, I believe, are thrusted into the modern era. Thanks to Joe Burrow, thanks to Zach Taylor, thanks to Mike Brown's new approach to ownership. Bearcats football is into the future. They're in the Power 5, offensive-minded head coach, probably going to go in a dual-threat quarterback direction unless Ben Bryant wows in fall camp and spring ball. But at the end of um, the Reds, I, I mean, they're still not in the modern era. I mean, I, I mean, we compare every Reds team to the big red machine still, which is fine because that was such a great era. But Cincinnati... When it comes to it being a football or basketball school, historically it's a basketball school. And maybe Wes Miller will restore the program enough that it can get there. It can get back to there. But right now, people are talking about football. And even when the Bearcats were in the American, which they technically still are as a university, football, in my eyes, they're in the Big 12 now. But Cincinnati, when they were in the American and when they were in the Big East, they were still talked about a lot because you cared about them. Basketball was big. We know that. It always will be. But as soon as a university's football program becomes good, like Michigan State or, you know, 
North Carolina or any school who has any school who is primarily a basketball school, you're blue bloods. As soon as their football program becomes good, football will always be king at college athletics. It is the highest revenue-driven sport because football is king in America. So the city of Cincinnati and the University of Cincinnati is still a football school. Why? Because of what Luke Fickle did, a huge part of his legacy. And this is a simple, but a huge part of his legacy, a huge part of his legacy is getting fans to engage with the program. He got you to care about recruiting, about Power 5, about championships, about college football playoff, AP rankings. He made you care about all of that. That is a huge part of his legacy. It might be a simple part that you might overlook. It's not to me. Because because football is king in America, especially in a city like Cincinnati. In the last five years, we have seen Cincinnati go from being a baseball town where people cared about the Reds and they cared about men's basketball. But now they care about Bearcats football and recruiting and they care about Joe Burrow and the Bengals. It is a football town and a football university. Historically, it's a basketball school. And I believe, and basketball is still a big part of the fabric. But considering what Luke Fickle, what Luke Fickle accomplished and considering what, you know, considering what's happened over the last month, you care about this stuff. Because the Bearcats were in the playoff, because they were so close to a conference championship last year. I mean, they lost three games last year by a combined 14 points in the regular season. I, I don't even think about the Fenway Bowl, I, being honest. But it, but the foot is still a football school to me. It is absolutely still. It has been thrusted into the modern era of college athletics. Another part of Luke Fickle's legacy. I know a lot of you still think men's basketball is the signature program because of what Bob Huggins did. That was in the 1990s and early 2000s. Understand that understand that what Luke Fickle did and considering what the modern era of college athletics is, it is football. College football is a 365-day is a 365-day sport for coaches, for assistant coaches, staff members, etc. Football is a year-round sport. You hear about it every day. Look at the NFL. The offseason dominates baseball, NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. If there's a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup playoff, but let's say next summer Tom Brady signs with the 49ers that same day. Guess what's going on SportsCenter as the lead story? College football will always trump college basketball. College basketball is still a huge part of American of Americana. I love March Madness. But I also understand that football is what drives college athletics. Ohio State fans I don't know if, I don't know what they do in the offseason exactly, 
But if I had to guess, they sit around. No, I shouldn't say sit around. They Every day, they're looking at recruiting. They're looking at what Michigan is doing. They are counting down the days until the season starts and until the game against Michigan. That's how much it means to schools like that. Cincinnati can get there. I think it is there right now in terms of people caring about the football program. Because football, the product. My dad and I had this conversation when I was 11 years old. I'll never forget it. I asked him, why? What did I, I forget the exact question. But I said, you know, why do we love football? I just asked that question. And he says to me, it's about the product. You love the product of the game. And that has always stood with me. And so the Bearcats, I believe now, are still a football school. If Wes Miller restores the men's basketball program, then maybe we can revisit that topic again. But right now, because of what Luke Fickle did and because of what's happened over the past month and you care about it, that's why this program is a football school right now. Coming up tomorrow, Josh Neighbors will join me. Big 12 Thursdays, Locked On Bearcats, Locked On Big 12 crossover Thursday. We will get to all things Bearcats and the Big 12. Look at the Big 12 bowl game so far. Look ahead to TCU in Michigan in the, in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl on Saturday. College football playoff semifinal and Kansas State taking on Alabama in the All-State Sugar Bowl on Saturday as well. We'll take a look at Big 12 basketball conference play starting up there. And on Friday, Russ Heltman will join me. Actually, we're going to do a live room. To, or, or Today's Wednesday, so a live room coming up today. Jeez, I'm <laughs> between live rooms and podcasting. I got to get my times in order. 12.30 today, live room with Russ Heltman. Podcast form on Friday, of course. We'll recap the Bearcats and Tulane game. That is tomorrow night from Fifth Third Arena. That is the conference opener for Cincinnati. Looking forward to that. Thanks for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen today. Now make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. I'm on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and email at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.